I, I want to welcome you to today's edition of The Bradley Hall Show. And I am your host, The Bradley Hall. If you or someone you know has recently discovered through an at-home DNA testing kit that one or both of your biological parents are not who you always thought they were, I want you to know that you are not alone. In fact, there's a very large group of people just like you who have connected and bonded over this unique situation. I happen to be one of them. The group is sponsored by an organization called the NPE Friends Fellowship. If you would like more information on how to join this group, please visit my website, www.thebradleyhall.com and look for the free NPE Resources Kit. Simply submit your email and I will send you an email full of links and resources to help you in your journey, including specific instructions on how to find and join the MPE Friends Fellowship. We look forward to sharing your journey with you. Hi, welcome back to today's episode of The Bradley Hall Show. I am your host, The Bradley Hall. Today's episode is part two of my interview and discussion with Dr. Paulette Bethel. Dr. Paulette Bethel and I met each other at the NPE Friends Fellowship Healing Retreat in March of 2019. And during our discussion, we both discuss our NPE discoveries and a term which she has coined called identity disruption. Um, but I'd like, to, I'd like to point out real quick, uh, people don't realize that um, we, we have a lot in common. <laughs> right, so we uh, we military and paramilitary backgrounds. Um, obviously, you know, obviously we have the, the love for for psychology and uh, and therapy uh, side of things. We both have brain surgery, and uh, we both met we met under unique circumstances that most people uh, can't can't even fathom, right? right? That social scaffolding piece that I talked about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we uh, to to fill people in, we met at a conference in Texas for uh, what are called um, NPEs, which stands for Not Parent Expected, that we both discovered late in life through an at-home DNA test that our father, the the person we had always thought was our father, was not our biological parent, and. Yep. Um, which is pretty traumatic in itself. It, well, it was, as, as you know, and I shared openly, it was extremely traumatic for me. Um, I had no idea at all. I had never at any time um, suspected. I look back now trying to look for where there are moments there that I was glossing over. But truthfully, I think my mother did a really good job of keeping her secret. Um, and so, but for me to, within minutes, in, in my case, it really was minutes, which I think made it even more traumatizing for me. I didn't have that time between, oh, something's not quite right here. Let me go research this. Oh, I found this, which is still pretty traumatic. But in my case, um, because of specific ethnicity, um, I knew within less than a minute that there was a problem. Yeah. So, yeah, so it, it really, when I hear people now say, 
rock my world. So when I have a new understanding of what rock my world means. Yeah, I, and I don't, I don't, I've talked about this before, but, but people who, who haven't experienced that can't, they can't fathom it. I, I have, I have friends, friends that I love dearly and love me dearly that have said to me, I don't understand your dad's your dad. I don't understand what you're making a big deal about. Right. You know, you have a dad, your dad loves you. In my case, I have a stepdad. Uh, and I can't, my stepdad's no longer living, but you know, it turns out my stepdad was an NPE. And so there are days when I would say, oh, I wish he were still here because he would understand. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But people don't understand when your identity is, it's just, it's, it's just ripped away from you. I mean, it's, right. it's, um, it's extremely traumatic. And uh, there's no way to explain it. There's no way for someone, even someone who is a very compassionate, understanding person cannot fathom the depths of the pain that that this news causes for us. Exactly, exactly. You know, and what I share is, um, I woke up the next morning and 50% of my identity had been blown away. Yeah. My name didn't fit it anymore, you know. my sense of who I was didn't fit anymore. Um, everything was coming into to close view. You know, you're looking at everything, you know, and and wrongly or rightly, but I, you know, now I'm. Is anything true? Right. Right. So your whole sense of self is yeah you know, blown apart. It's, yeah, I think I think people. Uh, I, I know. I I know for a fact that people don't understand that that we make, we make the choices to become who we are. Now we do it at such a young age with such heavily, heavy and strong influence from, from the adults in our lives, the teachers in our lives, from our peers. We, but everything we are and we believe, we have agreed, we have adopted that into our personality. We have chosen to believe this and believe that, to not believe this and not believe that. And then that's included with, with, our, with our identity. Right. And so we grew up thinking that we are half this and we are half that. Mm-hmm. And, and ev- everything from there projects from there, that this is our foundation. This is, this is who we are. This is how this we're is who we are. the world. And now all of a sudden we realize that that's, that the other half was not there at all, that it's something completely different. And, and it, it's extremely, extremely disruptive and very hard to reconcile. We, we see that in our group. Exactly. We sit in our group, and as you recall, um, that's part of what led me to coming up with the concept of identity disruption is everything we thought to be true, at least for 50% of ourselves. And I think it even goes beyond that in in terms of, because everything else begins to come into question of what else have I not been told or, or what else is not true about who I believe I am. That's exactly right. Right. And, uh, and then the other piece for me is I've begun to meet some members of my biological family and I find myself being fascinated with nature versus nurture now um, because I see myself in these people, not just in terms of my facial features, right, uh, and how I look physically, but in terms of even some of my emotional responses. Right. Yeah. Um, 
I, I wrote a note to one of my cousins today going, uh, I very often go through this. Is this something that you go through? And I got yes with like four exclamation points. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for him, I haven't spoken to him since I sent that note, but for him, I think it was, I've just met this person. She already gets me. Yeah. Maybe in ways that other people have not gotten me. That's right. Right? And so even from that side of it, it's um, his wife even came up to me and she said, you know, since he's met you, he's allowing parts of himself to really flourish and come forward now that he held back from. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's neat. That, that's, you know, that's been one of the, the neat outcomes, but uh, it's one of the toughest things I've done in my life. And I've shared with people, you know, I've been in a combat zone. Yeah. And I think this is tougher. Yeah. I saw a tremendous loss of life, um, but it didn't prepare me for this. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing to prepare you, which I think is, is part of the problem. You know, mm -hmm. this, there's, there's no other experience like this. I mean, I, I don't know, I don't know of another experience where you just suddenly realize that you've been lied to your entire life about who you are. Exactly. Uh, that there's I think the closest thing would be people who were adopted that didn't get told they were adopted right. and then they somehow yeah. find out. Right. Yeah. Which I include them in 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 this conversation. Conversation. All Very much a part of our conversation. Yeah. There are different levels and layers and different experiences, but yeah. it's all part of the same conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And the nature versus nurtures um, is interesting. Um, for, first of all, when I found out and I connected with my my family, my biological family on Facebook, I grew up not looking like anyone, I, probably my, my mother and, and her father, um, but I didn't look anything like my dad and, and my really my sisters, I, I don't think, and, and anyone in their family, so distinctly different, you know, different features, different everything. And then I, I made friends uh, with these people on Facebook that are, and suddenly I found I found a hundred people who looked just like me, you know, and it was, it, it, it rocked me. I mean, it, it was neat because I never, but it, it was, it was very surreal too, because, very surreal. because they're strangers, but they, they look just like me. And, and a lot of their traits are just like me. And, um, and I'm in an age where I'm very particular about, about who I allow into my life now. And, you know, I, I, I've got, I've got a firm set. And when I find someone like you, who who I click with at at a, at a higher level, then I make an exception for them. Now I have a whole group of people that I have a very strong reason that I have to. I don't want to say lower the standards. I have I have to reconfigure the standards and reconfigure right. the process. <laughs> you know, and add people to my life in a situation where I didn't think I, I wanted to do that as much as I. And that sounds very selfish, and I don't mean it to sound that way, but it's... Yeah, but I think a lot of us are going through the same thing, and it's a similar thing for me. And so, um, you know, it's interesting things like in my family that I grew up with, my family of origin. Honestly, that's the only one in my generation that showed any interest in higher education beyond a bachelor's. Okay. Yet for me, higher education was just so critical to... Um, my desires, right? Um, and fortunately for me, I had a stepdad that saw that in me and helped to nurture it and support it. So that part was good. And now I'm in a family where I've got both ends of the spectrum. Um, 
more PhDs in this family than I ever dreamed would be in a family that I'm from. Yeah. Right. And um, and at the same time, I'm, I'm dealing with people that I would probably really rather not be with. And, and so it, it becomes this balancing act and this, this dance. Yeah. Um, blow me away with a feather when I found out everybody thought I was weird, not strange where I came from because I love to get up and go travel and, you know, go see the world and be adventurous. And people couldn't understand a woman that would get up and go out on her own. Yeah. Right. And do these things. And then I get to meet an older relative and she's telling me about her adventures. And I'm going, oh, so you were the adventurous type. And she was like, oh, honey, it wasn't just me. <laughs> There's lots of women in this family that did that. So I'm sitting there going, oh, so is this nurture? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or is this nature? I didn't know these people yet. She's telling me her story that sounds like my story, and she did it even earlier. Yeah. Right. So it's, um, it's it's been an adventure. You know, you're saying there's no other experience like this. Um, years ago, there was this campy little show that came out called The Heart of Dixie. I don't know if you're familiar with that show. It's about a New York City doctor that ends up having a practice um, in a small town in Alabama. And I just thought that was the cutest, most campy little, um, you don't want to think too much kind of show to watch. Um, I'm watching it again. Okay. She's an NPE. Yeah. I'm watching it through an entirely different lens. Her character um, is so much more developed for me now as I watch her learning how to navigate and cope with and accept this new space of being in her life. Yeah. Oh, different meaning. Yeah. I didn't even pay much attention to her storyline that way when I watched it five years ago. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It goes back to what we said, you know, 10 minutes ago that people can't, you couldn't relate. Yeah. I was like, oh, you know, that's a neat storyline, whatever. That's a neat storyline, right. <laughs> that's about, you know, and now, you know, there's, of course, it's still Hollywood, but there's still a lot of depth that was there in her character that if you don't have that understanding, you miss it. Yeah. I know I did. Yeah. And now I see how it really is affecting that character in that show. Yeah. Yeah. Would you... This is going to be a big question for our MP listeners. Would you, if you had to do it all over again, would you or would you not? Well, take the DNA test? Take the DNA test, yeah. Sorry. I would absolutely take the DNA test again. You know, for as difficult and as hard as this journey has been, um, I am learning more about myself and who I am. The, the puzzle pieces are beginning to come together for me. You know, still a lot of open spaces in that puzzle, um, but I'm finding that I'm looking forward to filling in the puzzle pieces. Not everything's pretty. Yeah. You know, the things that I've learned that I probably would have preferred not to have learned. Um, but I believe I'm a better person for it. I'm a more, um, I think my level of empathy has grown. 
when I'm listening to the stories of others, they may not be an NPE story, but now I think I have even a greater depth of awareness as we talked about earlier around how challenging trauma can be. And sometimes, you know, I, I've started getting, I've been working in trauma, like I said, most of my life. Um, and sometimes I think all the other things were just leading up to my being able to embrace this particular trauma in my life. Yeah. And then want to work with other people who are in the mess. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And I, 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 I'm with you. I, I would certainly do it all over again. I, I, I have come to believe that the the purpose in life is is to navigate to learn to to adopt tools to to come consistently grow to adopt tools to be able to navigate anything that comes at you in a healthy manner mm-hmm. and to do that you have it you have to understand the truth and you have to know what the truth is and I couldn't imagine if I didn't know living the rest of my life is a lie. And that's the way I look at it. I can't, I almost feel relieved that I found out. Right. So I didn't have to live a lie. And that's why I founded my online academy is the name of my online academy is, is life and truth, the life and truth academy. Um, because, because yeah, for that, that reason right there, I would absolutely do it all over again. And I know that we, we have people who don't feel that way, but it's because they want the pain to go away. Mm-hmm. And I, my advice is, is that it's not going to go away. It's not just going to go away. You have, you have to confront it. You have to navigate. You have to confront it. You have to navigate it. You have to move through it. And then if you find yourself getting stuck, and I don't mind sharing when I got stuck in it, I found a therapist that while this had not been a part of his lived experiences or work or knowledge, um, it has been a very helpful process for me to work with him to help me move past those spots. Yeah. Maybe those angry spots that when I started um, feeling lost and angry. Yeah. And, um, and then because I have a family system background, Brad, I find myself thinking more and more and more about how this doesn't just impact us. It ripples through the entire family system. Oh, Everybody is dealing with the betrayal, the traumas, the hurts, the lies, right? That's right. Uh, you know, all the reactions from totally denying that it happened to pretending that they never got told that this is the case to um, in for some people being embraced. I mean, there are people in my new family that want nothing to do with me, but I've chosen to focus on the ones that do. Yeah, good for you. Right. Well, you should do. Right. And, and, you know, those parts have just definitely been an added blessing in my life. And that doesn't mean that even with the people that are embracing me, there's still struggles and challenges. Yeah. You know, I have a new sister right now that um, has been an added blessing to my life, but she's still struggling. And I, I get that. You know, and, and one day I shared with her, um, I had a year and a half on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Before yeah, you yeah. found out about me. Right? Yeah. And and I'd like to point out, there's two things I'd like to say. The first thing I'd like to point out is that 
Um, like, the, like the family member you said that doesn't want anything to do with you. It doesn't. It isn't because of, uh, it isn't because of who you are. That person doesn't right. know you. Right. It's because it disrupted their their Im their image of, of image. who they are and where they come from in their life, and it, it, and they choose not to face that disruption, which is their choice. This is right. not a condemnation, but. I know that a lot of people feel like they've been shut out and we see this in our group that people are so upset because their family won't have anything to do with them. And it's, it's a tragedy because all we want, all we want is to be acknowledged. And some of our people are never, ever going to get it. And it, it, it's sad. It's unbelievably sad, but, but as they're navigating through, they need to understand that it's not because of who they are. Right. It's not about them. It, it is, and, and sometimes that's the hard thing to be able to accept because you know there are times when we're so introspective that we can't get ourselves beyond that yeah. this is not totally about me and that their acceptance or rejection. You know, I've got one of my siblings that's made it clear he doesn't want to have anything to do with me. And my attitude is, well, you know, I would have liked to have met you if you're lost. <laughs> I think yeah. I'm kind of a neat person. And you might find out that you really like me or yeah. not, or not. You but know, you'll never know until you. Until you try. But I don't take it personal. I recognize that this has been very disruptive to his life. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, learning things about parents that you may not really want to know. That's right. Right. But they're human. They're human, right? And, they, and so I recognize that. They do what and, you do and make mistakes and make bad decisions. <laughs> you know, and as we know with our group, a lot of bad decisions are made. Yeah. Uh, and, and some decisions outside their control. So, you know, it, it's, not, it's not all, everybody's story is different. We have a lot of commonality. There's a lot of common threads running through it, but each of us has our own unique story. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, and one of the things that this has done for me is, um, and I think you and I talked about this a little bit before, off and on from the time I first um, made the decision to return to school to become a marriage and family therapist, this whole notion of um, intergenerational therapy kind of been sitting on my shoulder back here, it just kind of kept creeping out and creeping out and creeping out. And I'm finding that more and more, I'm paying attention to what, you know, how far back do these histories go? Yeah. You know, is this an intergenerational thing? Are these traumas being passed down? Um, you know, and there's a lot of research that says some of this does. Yes. And, you know, and I don't know about you, but because of the DNA test, I get contacted by people. Right? Yeah. Like, okay, where do you fit in my story? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and sometimes, you know, right now I have a, a young man that I'm working with that is my fifth cousin. Right? Yeah. We haven't found that link yet, but it is so important for him right now to try to figure out. He's an, and he, he didn't know he was an NPE when he contacted me. He knew he was an NPE, but he didn't have language for it. Yeah. Right. So when he's initially talking to me, I'm going, look, I'm new to the family. Right. Um, I'm an MPE. And I explained it to him and he didn't say anything for about four phone calls for it. And then he sends a note, says, I'm going to call you. We need to talk. Right. And he goes, the reason I'm bugging you is because I am also an MPE. 
right? Yeah. But he, he's trying to figure out, well, where did this start? Right? Yeah. I, so to, to clarify for listeners that don't know what we're talking about, intergenerational trauma is the theory that trauma is handed down from generation to generation. That, that your parents who may have, whatever the case may be, neglected or abused or whatever the, whatever the case may be, that it's a result of the trauma that was inflicted upon them by someone else in the family right. who may have also had trauma inflicted upon them yeah. by someone else in the right. family. And, there, and it can even come from trauma that no one is uh, aware of actively anymore because it may have been four or five generations. Right, right. It just adopted into the family system. It's just, it's just in the family yeah. system, right? And there have been there has been research on Holocaust survivors that their grandkids have had their DNA altered because of trauma experienced by their ancestors. It's fascinating. Fascinating stuff. Fascinating stuff. So. Um, but that has been one interest that has grown out of this for me is, is, is it just, you know, within where you and I are finding out that our fathers were not our fathers, but what other kind of trauma is going on in the generations before us that may have led us, to right. led them yeah. to behaviors? Interestingly enough, and I, I don't want to get, uh, you know, too far into my my story i got plenty of time for that um on down the road but the npe situation is a is a very um prominent recurring theme in my family tree thank you very prominent way more than it should be and uh, i i you know i'll get into that later on um as i reveal more of my story and get into there's some things i don't want to get into right now but it, and maybe it, that's a future broadcast between us because I'm having the same thing that's evolving. Yeah. Well, like well, for, far too many. <laughs> yeah. Far too many. But the point, and that's why we're being open. That's why we're being open about this is because it is intergenerational trauma. It is something that's that's handed down in the family. In the family. And the bringing the awareness to the forefront gets people to stop and and start thinking about it differently maybe teaching their kids a little differently. Maybe their kids only grow up with a part of the trauma and then they teach their kids differently and their kids grow up with a very minor fraction of the trauma and then they treat their kids differently and it works itself out. That's, that's a theory anyway, you know, that's what, what we can hope for. Right, and it's a really good theory. You know, and Bradley, I wanna thank you because you know, you were around when I was first coming up with this concept of identity disruption. And I had been looking at it at the very individual level, as in the uh, experience of the, the MPE. But after listening to you, I'm, I realized it goes way beyond just the NPE, him yeah. or herself. It's disruptive to the, and I'm a systems person, so, I, so thank you for helping me to catch that, is it's a disruption to the entire family system. Yeah. And beyond. Yeah. And, and the, the most simple example is, is that my sisters that I grew up with in the same household with that were my sisters are only my half sisters. Mm -hmm. It doesn't change my relationship with them. And I don't, right. I don't, I don't mean that yeah. at all. But the sobering effect is they are only my half sisters. And had I had a sibling that I didn't know that was out there, 
they they're technically on the same same level with these people that I grew up with. Same genetic level. And and so we we look at that as you know these are sisters and the, and oh this is our half sister. No, they they would all be half sisters. It changes the whole complexity and dynamic. whole complexity of it. Right. And and I don't have anyone that I share the the, the totality of, of the, the genetics with because I'm it because uh, I have a different father and mother and my sisters have a different father, right. and and it it just it extends all the way into cousins and 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 aunts and uncles and it just it ripples and everyone's it ripples everywhere and and I'm finding because I have discovered that I have other half siblings that I didn't know about. I don't know about you, but for me, all of a sudden I'm very mindful. I, I never had whole siblings to begin with. You know, my mother divorced my birth father, I mean my birth certificate father, and I grew up with half siblings. And I never gave much thought to the fact that I was, um, my, my birth certificate father didn't have any biological children. He adopted. And so from who I thought was my father, there were no half-siblings there. Okay. And so, you know, for him, I was an only biological child. And but I didn't give it a lot of thought. But when I discover I now have other half-siblings, I'm very much aware that I don't have a 100% genetically yeah. You know, whole sibling. And I and think, that, um, you know, half aunt and half a niece, and, right? Yeah. Um, and it, things that you think about before that I think about now. Yeah. And I don't know what the percentage is, but I would say it's well into the 90s that, that we're all in the same boat. All the MPs are pretty much standalone. Right. Uh, There's we, been a few people that I've been aware of that they find out that who they thought was their half sibling is actually their whole sibling kind of thing. Yeah. Very, yeah, it's yeah, very rare. Yeah, very. very distinct circumstances, you know. And to to cap this off, I have a cousin that we grew up and we were very close growing up, and um, he is on my dad's side of the family, and it was very traumatic that to learn that he and I were not blood related. It was very traumatic for me. Thank you. Um, I haven't had that conversation with him, and. Um, because I, with that side of the family, I haven't just, they, they know, but I haven't had a discussion, but it, it changes the whole view to know that all those people I am not blood related to. And, and I don't know if it affects them as much as it affects me. And if I'm sure it does, but maybe in a different way, I don't know, but I, I don't love them any less. I just, it's disruptive. <laughs> It's disruptive. Very disruptive. I, I can't explain it. I just right. you don't stop loving them. Um, I I have one cousin. It's the same thing. Um, now, when I discovered that I was an MPE and that her uncle was not my birth father, she offered up that she had also, with the DNA test, learned that her. Um, okay birth certificate father was not her father. And it was very helpful to have her in that moment say, now is not the time for us to think about the fact that we're no longer biological cousins. If we ever needed one another, yeah, it's yeah. right now. And even with us having the 
mutual experience of being NPEs, there's something, you know, it's like we still love one another dearly. We're, we're still close, but something has shifted. But I, I can't put my finger on it. Um, she and I will hopefully have to have a conversation. I suspect I'm not the only one is, is our relationship has changed, whether we want to admit it or not. That's right. That's right. I'd also like to go back, um, circle back when you were talking about um, when you found out and that you uh, you found therapy to be helpful. And I, we're going to have a lot of MPs listening to this. And I, I want I want to and, and people who aren't MPs. The first thing I want to say is that um, therapy allows for that biological connection we were talking about earlier with, with other human beings um, that is so necessary for our happiness, for the, the neurotransmitters and the, the hormones to release that happens when we bond with another human being right. and therapy is a surrogate form of that, that we find someone who's knowledgeable, who can at some level understand and have compassion to what we're talking about. And we form, we form a bond with that person. Exactly. And, and it doesn't matter whether they're getting paid or not. They, they chose a profession, not for the money necessarily, but it, it's to have that type of an impact on another human being. So they're trustworthy. We can, you can, you can have that bond, and they can help you sort through things through the relationship, which is also what the coaching does. The trauma recovery coaching. Oh, I talk about this, right? That it's it's to be used in conjunction with or in lieu of therapy. We don't do therapy. We actually do coaching. We help people right. kind of stand on their own two feet and begin to move forward. But we're here to help build that relationship, right? and and to to be that confidant that sounding board to get it all out it's like the journaling you're talking about you get it from here and you get it out into the universe whether you're writing or whether you're talking to a right. coach or a therapist um but for anyone who i mean we're, we're you and i are both coaches trauma recovery coaches i'm also a holistic life coach so anyone who is looking for that type of a, of a relationship a coaching relationship or maybe they're not looking for it, but they're listening to this and a lot of things make sense that I just want people to be aware that you and I both are actively, uh, I, well, I don't wanna speak for you. I assume that you're actively uh, seeking clients, um, taking clients and um, it's Discovery's Coaching, right? Discovery's Coaching, yes. Okay, do you have a URL that you wanna, I'm, I'm gonna give you a chance. DrPaulettBethel.com. DrPaulettBethel.com. Okay. And I will put, I will put your information on my website. Okay. Um, and, uh, they, and you can, the listeners can also go to my website to, to contact me for coaching if you're interested in working with me, but, um, and whether it's, whether it's Dr. Bethel or I, it, it doesn't matter. Find someone to lean Find on. Find someone to lean on. Um, and, and, uh, trauma recovery coaching, as well as therapy, is all about the relationship that develops, um, and that you know, one that's collaborative. And so, right now, um, the people who have our specific background in that we're trauma, specifically trauma trained. There's a lot of helping professionals that are not specifically trauma trained, um, but do have trauma training as part of their courses of study. Um, but finding someone who is your guide on your side, right? Yeah. That collaborative 
relationship, that scaffolding that comes through the collaborative relationship with a trauma recovery coach or a therapist. Um, and it's the relationship that's most important. In my case, um, the, the particular person I went with, like I said, did not have any specific training in trauma and for sure not about MPE, but he has a tremendous capacity for being compassionate and relational and collaborative. And I did have to spend a lot of time educating him about my experience. Mm -hmm. right? And that was okay because it was helping me as I was helping him. Yeah. You know, because I was, you know, processing with him guiding that processing as I'm trying to share my experience of having gone through this. So research clearly shows when it comes to helping professions, when it comes to coaches, when it comes to therapists, the relationship is the most important aspect of the dyad, right? yeah. of the dyad. And of course, having a skill set deals without saying, but you can be the greatest coach in the world or the greatest therapist in the world, and you and I may not click. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's important to find someone that you feel safe with, like you said, you feel that feels trustworthy and safe and relational. You know, when it when it's all said and done, uh, as humans, we're rela we're relational. Yeah, and that's a good point that I haven't I haven't talked about yet, um, and I haven't really felt a need to talk about it. But now that you say it, I, I think it's important that we do talk about that. Some coaches. And there's coaches all over the internet, so I'm not talking about anyone in particular, but some coaches just allow you to just check in and buy what you want and set it all up. And, right. and I, I don't do that. Right. I'm, I, I want someone to contact me because I'm going to not only interview you, but I want you to interview me. And right. I don't want you to invest money in something that you don't know if we're going to click. If I, I We may not have anything in common. And I'll be the first to tell a client that I think you should should call Dr. Bethel or you should call someone else. Yeah. Um, and, and I, because I think that's critical and not that I can't work with anyone, but I want to make sure that I do this to help people heal. And if I'm going to slow someone's progress, so I don't think that we're going to be able to identify and I can't really give them everything. I, I won't take them on. I, won't I, just, do it. I mean, I have that laid out in my informed consent. Yeah. Right that we want this to be a collaborative process and if at any time they feel like I am not the best coach, you know, I'm not doing therapy now, yeah. um, work with them, then I'm more than willing to not only have the conversation with you, but also help you to be connected to someone that may be a better fit. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't, I think a lot of people don't, understand that. I know uh, when I began my journey about 15 years ago and I was looking for a therapist, I kept getting frustrated because I go to a therapist and I think, well, this was a waste of time. And I go to another one and think, well, this is a waste of time. And I didn't realize what I should have been doing was not looking to go in and, and just taking off that I should have been interviewing the therapist. And that right. should be part of the process that you should find someone that you can identify with. Right. And, and good therapists and coaches will make that a part of the process too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'd like to share my philosophy around how I work. Yeah. And this is how I work. And this may not be the best modality for you. That's right. Right. You know, it has to feel comfortable or it will not work. Now, that's not to say that we don't perturb, we don't push. But in terms of how I work and how I gather information and how I um, collaborate with you, 
may or may not be the best fit for you. That's right. So. That's right. Well, Paulette, it's been it's been an amazing conversation. It was effortless. Um, we're you know been uh, we've been at it for a while here, so this is going to be two parts. Um, before we sign off, I want to give you a chance to uh, recommend our people, our MPEs. Um, do you have a favorite MP story, movie, or book that you want to share? Well, part of it I was sharing with with the um, Heart of Dixie, right? Is um, okay, yeah. I, you know, I like it actually. It, it's lighthearted, and so and 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 for some MPs that may be too lighthearted, depending upon what stage they are in their journey. And, and of course, we do need to look at what stages people are in. Uh, but for me, it's sitting back and, and, and in my case, having had the experience of watching it before learning that I was an MPE and yeah. now watching it again and I don't have to focus as much on the storyline. So I'm paying more attention to the character development. Uh, but I do, I do find that I'm enjoying watching my story through the lens of that story. Yeah. Um, so. So yeah, that would be one of my favorite ones. Um, I forgot you'd mentioned that. So yeah. So yeah. I, I, the last thing I want to say is is that we want to encourage our NPE people to if well, there's so many different stages. I, I people need to talk about it. Whether they're whether they're in the out in the open, there are a lot of people who are not out in the open that they don't they're they're afraid of talking to their family about it. And if that's the case, then then find find a friend or find find a coach. But talking about it, you're you're you shouldn't be ashamed. You're not somebody's secret. You're a human being, and and I think people also need to understand that if 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 it didn't happen, you wouldn't be here. All right, people. Right. All right, they're like, oh my gosh, I wish they, you know, they. Well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be here. Well, I wouldn't be here, and I wouldn't be who I am. Um, That's right. And it would be, yeah, find a good friend, you know. And if you find that you just really can't talk about it, get a journal. A journal. Get, get a journal. Just get, get it out. out. Write it out. Um, you know, another time, get ready to say, here's one of my journals. It's a tablet. Yeah. <laughs> but I have different journals for different. Um, events that are going on in my life. But I would say, you know, if you can't, you, you're not ready to talk about it or you haven't been able to find a therapist that you can work with that gets a handle on what it is. You know, we, we have several groups that are out there now for NPEs, find other NPEs that get your story. Um, when I first found the group where we met, um, I just remember reading the stories and going, there are other people out there that right. get me. There are a lot of them. Right, that get me. And a lot of times I didn't even have to write into the, the group because I would read stories. That's right. And would find healing in that I'm going through a very normal stage and process under what I consider abnormal circumstance. Right? That's right. That I'm okay, I'm not alone. Um, other people are further along in their journey. And I found that I would reach out to people that were further along in the journey because they gave me hope. Yeah. Right? That for me, you know, the, the, the biblical saying that this too shall pass, 
Yeah. Now I'm forever changed. I recognize that I'm forever changed. I cannot go back to the me that I was pre NPE discovery. That's right. No, by the way, I had not discovered this when I named my company Discoveries Coaching. Yeah. So I, I think it was, you know, like prophetic waiting for it. To, <laughs> yeah. I came up with the name and then I discovered my MPE story. Yeah. Right? So, uh, but yeah, I'm with you is to have people, you know, look for the social scaffolding. Part of why I, you know, I brought that up because I think it's really important that, that we have to find different ways of scaffolding and find what works best for you. If you go to a therapist or a coach and it doesn't work, find another therapist or a coach. Don't give up because there probably is someone out there that's meant for you. Agreed. That you can connect to, that you can feel safe and, and that that person is trustworthy and find a place of healing. Part of the reason I, I just openly shared that I went to a therapist is because I want other people, especially MPs, to know that there's no shame in saying this was greater, and I'm a therapist, I have a skill set, but this was greater than anything I had ever experienced. I 100% agree with you. There's no other experience that I've had that certainly helped to prepare me for this. Yeah. Right. Agreed. 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 Well, I want to thank you uh, for joining me. Um, and I, I really, I'm really looking forward to having you back. We can, we can certainly, uh, I'm sure we'll connect. I mean, we, we talk regularly, but we, let's, let's find some other, uh, let me see. I'll put, we'll uh, do that. And thank you for inviting me. Um, you're welcome. thank you for inviting me to share part of my story to be part of your journey. Um, I think what you're doing is vital and, um, we need to have more of what you're doing. So, well, then I'm a trailblazer. You're a trailblazer. So, <laughs> congratulations. Thank you. That's why I keep. That's why I keep you around because you compliment me. <laughs> well, you are a trailblazer. So, well, own it. Yeah. Th thank. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. And you. You inspire me. I. We didn't talk about this earlier. I. I'm. I'm. Uh, starting my PhD journey in the fall, and it's. It's. Something I've thought about for a long time, but you inspire, you push me over the edge, and yeah, I'm, I'm eternally grateful. <laughs> well, you're gonna do great. I'm really excited. Like I told you, I'm envious that I wish I had known about that kind of program when I was making my choice. <laughs> well, I'll share everything I want. Yeah, has your name written all over it. So, congratulations, good luck. Um, thanks for sharing your insights as part of our interview. I really appreciate that. Um, and I'm glad you're doing this. I can't think of a better person to have taken this on. Thank you. Yeah. You're too good to me, Paulette. Ah, nah. You're a good guy. Yeah. Thank you. So, you're a good guy. I'm glad we're friends. Yeah. Thank I'm glad you. you came and sat next to me at the, uh, at the retreat. <laughs> I'm glad. Remember your metaphor though, but remember that's the thing that really got me to pay attention to you was when I was at a loss for a thought to explain my concept and you came up with that wonderful um, firefighter metaphor. Yeah. Added a lot of depth and energy to that story. So. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Um, all right. I'm going to let you go. Okay. And, uh, thanks again. Tell, uh, tell Ralph I said hello. I sure will. I yeah. sure will. And when this is all over with, we've got to do the visit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, definitely. 
definitely. I'll see you soon. We'll come to you guys. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sounds great. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Take Thanks, Paula. Take Bye -bye. care. Bye -bye. Hello? Is anyone here? Hello? Hello? Oh, oh, hi. There you are. I've been looking all over for you. I want to thank you for listening uh, today. I also want to tell you, if you haven't checked out my website lately, uh, you should do that. It's www.thebradleyhall.com. Just to remind you, I am a holistic life coach, a certified mindfulness instructor, and I am a trauma recovery coach. And in these uncertain times, sometimes we just need someone to talk to, to help us clear our thoughts, help us organize our thoughts, and help us map out a clear direction of where we want to go to help us navigate through the obstacles that we, we may encounter through daily life. And I'm here to do that for you. So check out my website. I've got plenty of free content uh, on my, my website, also on my YouTube channel, which is The Bradley Hall. And, uh, the health preacher. And uh, I'd love to hear from you. So thanks again for listening. We appreciate your support. And until then, take care of yourself.